Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. If you're feeling just this overwhelming feeling, say something. I know you're scared. I mean, shit, if anybody knows, I definitely know you're scared. I've, I've been there. And I'm here to tell you, like, there's so much healing when we're able to validate what we're experiencing in that moment. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Who is ready? I don't know about you guys, but I am like totally stoked about this episode. Here's why. It is a podcast takeover. Well, what the hell is a podcast takeover? Well, let me share it with you. Both Lucy and Nahal invited me over to their podcast, Women's Wellness Podcast. And that interview was so good, I decided it would be, hello, I need to do my due diligence and share this podcast episode with my audience. And so Women's Wellness Podcast is a podcast by and about BIPOC women who are going through the healing process. They hold space for women to share their unique stories created with the love for storytelling and passion for mental health and wellness in mind. They aim to help amplify voices of women everywhere. So this right here was a really personal conversation and the questions they asked, I just, 
I just had to share with you because it really does fit the essence of being empowered and unapologetic. In this podcast, I go over my generational trauma and some of the struggles I had endured. In addition to that, I cover how to maintain a healthy and happy relationship. So make sure you grab your pen and paper because like always, you're definitely going to want to take notes. And I'm super excited to share this with you and hear some of your feedback. So let's just dive right in with our first question because I know Nahal is very excited for this one. I know. I've been (laughs) itching for this conversation. I feel like it's such an important topic. And I know so many, everyone listening is going to walk away with just feeling heard and seen, I I believe, because let's face it, no matter what kind of background you come from, what ethnicity, what country, everyone has trauma, like either in the lifetime that they're living now or the the grandparents or great grandparents. Um, So I wanted to ask you, how do we know, like, you know, not everybody's going to therapy. So how would someone know that they're operating out of like a trauma response? Like what are, are there telltale signs? I love this question. Um, so yes and no. Um, so with, with that generational trauma, that intergenerational trauma, you know, it's really hard to pinpoint. Here's why. This is what's familiar for us, right? Like we don't know any difference. Let me give you a quick example. So I grew up, my dad was a heroin addict, an alcoholic, a gang member. And I grew up in that, although we didn't grow up in like the hood, but I grew up in that mindset, right? Like it was, I mean, if I definitely had my phones tapped, right? And so did you, duh. Like I just assumed that you did as well, you know? And, you know, of course, like my dad does drugs, but so does yours, right? Or like, this is just the way family is. So is yours, right? And it wasn't until... It wasn't until, so I went to, you know, obviously I went to grad school and part of, you know, graduating and um, being able to pursue my career as a therapist, you have to have so many hours of your own personal therapy. And so there I am sitting in the therapist office, letting, you know, telling her, you know, sharing a, sharing a past storyline, a past memory. And I'm sharing the past memory and I'm like, cool as a cucumber, telling her about like how my, you know, some guy hit on me and it was really disrespectful to me. So my dad just took care of it. And I remember like the therapist looking at me like wide eyed. And she's like, she just kind of like stopped writing. And I was already confused on why she was writing to begin with, because that part didn't matter. I was getting to the good part. So it was like, it didn't make sense to me. Right. I'm like, what are you, why are you writing? Like, I didn't even get to the good part yet. And so I'm telling her, you know, well, this guy hit on me and then he called me a bad word, right? I don't know if we cuss on here, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep it clean. But it's he, fine. <laughs> Whatever you desire. Okay. So he, <laughs> so he came up to me and he's like, you know, Hey, can I get your number? And I'm like, you know what? My, you know, my, my parents are picking me up. Like I'm good, you know? And he's like, dude, just give me your number. And I'm like, no, I'm good. And he's like, damn, what a bitch. And he walked away, right? So he walks Mm. away and me and my friend were just like, whatever. And then this, uh, one of his friends literally ran to him and he's like, dude, do you know who you're talking to? And he's like, man, she's just this bitch, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's Weddle's daughter. 
And I guess the guy had known who my dad was. My dad was obviously he was a head honcho of a gang. He's like, no, 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 that's Weddle's daughter. And the guy that had previously approached me ran to me and he's like, oh my God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Like all of a sudden he's like begging me to forgive him. Well, my dad pulls up. My dad pulls up. I thought it was going to be my mom, but my dad pulls up and he sees this guy like just apologizing to me. And my dad gets out of the car and, you know, me and my friend just casually walk to the car and, um, my dad looks over to his friend who had warned him who I was. And my dad was like, take care of it. And then he told us to get in the car and we left. And, you know, I remember the therapist going, take care of it. Like what? Yeah. Hey, like what, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. My, the guy took care of it. But anyway, so like, this is it. This is what I'm trying to get at. And so I was trying to get her to like, follow me, my, my story, my memory. And she was so laser, like so focused on Veronica. Do you find anything wrong? Cause you just say he took care of it casually. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm, I'm like completely confused. Like, why is she still stuck on this? Like, let's move on. Mm. And not that I was like, not that I was like, I didn't care about the person, but it was just, it was my norm. And mm. obviously it's a pretty extreme norm, you know, and now being a therapist, it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> That's not <totally> normal, right? <laughs> what, exa- yeah. I, what exactly did he actually do something like to take care of it part? Like, <laughs> fill me in a little bit. I know I'm like, oh, is that, I'd like to fill that in. <laughs> well, so like, he ended up getting beat up. The guy yeah. totally he didn't die. Um, but he, no. he, yeah, the guy totally got beat up. And, you know, it was just, it was oh, just man. the way things were handled back then. Like, yeah. you know, and I shouldn't say handled back then, but like, because I don't want to speak in general for everybody, but like for me and for like what I grew up knowing, that was my norm. And so when you ask right. this question on what are some key identifiers, it's so hard to pinpoint because mm. you're so used to a certain lifestyle, you know, that anything else, it's like you you, you don't know until you're introduced to it. And yeah. the minute you're introduced to it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This actually happens or this is the way mom and dad's act towards each other like they don't yell there's no domestic violence like this is completely foreign and so you don't know unless you know and I guess when you start developing that um, realization is when you start educating yourself or when you start Mm -hmm. being exposed to different norms that is interesting and it just made me think of something do you think on the flip side of that, that also, like, say, because you just mentioned, like, being in a relationship where everything is peaceful, and you actually get along with someone, and you communicate effectively, whatever. Um, sometimes I feel this is what I've seen happen is that the uh, the other person may feel like, this is boring. This is uncomfortable. This feels like I need to disrupt this because it feels (laughs) unnatural. And like, 
Yes. So that is really interesting. I love that you bring this up. I totally love that you bring this up. So as you guys know, I've been married for 23 years, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I, you know, his dad wasn't a gang member, um, but his biological dad also struggled with heroin, you know, um, and addiction. And Mm -hmm. so there was some level of um, familiarity, right? Mm. And Mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier, I didn't grow up in the hood, but my husband did. And so there was also this form of like, okay, we can understand each other. Right. However, my husband grew up in a household where like physical touch, like hugging and like, you know, um, hugging was kind of like the norm. And, um, there wasn't a lot of emotional expression, you know, but there was, there was a little bit more of, um, involvement as like, you know, with his mom and his stepdad. And so there there was a little bit more of involvement. And so when my husband and I would argue, well, I grew up with my dad just completely avoiding or Mm. going into lashing out, but his lashing out involved domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And my with my mom, my mom would just kind of be submissive and she mm-hmm. submissive, submissive, and then she would explode, and then my dad would leave. In his household, mm-hmm. his mom was a little bit more of the um, I guess I would call her like the aggressor, like she would put her foot down more. There was domestic mm-hmm. violence in, in his household as well, and with his biological father, but like there was different roles, you know, there was totally different roles. So when Willie and I would get into arguments in the first years of our marriage, well, I took my dad's role. I was like, I'm out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm out. like mm-hmm. I get to leave. Like I, if I'm going to pick one of these roles to be in, like, hell yeah, my dad looked like he had it so much easier than my mom. So mm-hmm. I'm out. I mean, I didn't cheat, you know, like my dad did, but those are the things I would do where my husband, my husband, he would try to have conversations with me. And then if he seemed that I was, you know, I was a little bit overwhelmed emotionally, what he would do is he would lock himself in the room. He wouldn't leave. He would just lock himself in the room. And it was like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he would, he would lock both of you in the room. No, hell no. Himself. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) So for both of us in the beginning stages of our marriage, we were a trying, we were trying to figure out what our roles were and how it fit in our marriage. But what was literally, um, I, what was literally interfering with that ability was we were trying to, gr- we were trying to stick with what's familiar, regardless of right. how unhealthy it was. We were trying to stick with what's what was familiar, but it wasn't really working for us, mm. you know? And so, and it wasn't working for us because we had no skills on how to communicate with each other, like zero. We didn't how many years, how many years were you married when um, you guys were communicating like this? Was it like the very oh, first girl. couple of years? Yes. It, I would say the first four years, that's how it went. Mm. And it wasn't, mm. it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until our divorce, like, so we ended up going through a moment where we were one month away from divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh it was just, it, we had just had our daughter, Aaliyah, 
And um, we separated. So Aaliyah was born in August. We separated in October. So she was only a couple months old. And um, yeah, we were just like, okay, well, this is just the way, this is the way it's going to go. For me, it was like, what the hell is happening? He was a drill instructor. And although we were both warned in the military, especially if you're a drill instructor, after he graduated from being a DI, um, they had told us, listen, your marriage has about 96% chance of failing. Like, just know this. What in the world? Mm-hmm. 96%. They took all of us wives in the room and they said, congratulations, your husband's a drill instructor. Look to the left, look to the right. 96% of you will not be here at the end of this tour. Wait, what is Ooh. it about the profession that doesn't allow yeah. for that? Yeah, no, of course. Great question. So with drill instructors, those are the ones with the smoky bear, the ha- smoky bear hats, right? That are like yelling at the recruits. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. They're in that, they're in that role for three years. They're in that role for three years. As wow. a drill instructor, you are gone. Like you are in the barracks with your recruits. You're not like, literally you become this robot and i know that's so crazy to say like even process but literally you are conditioned to become a robot for obvious reasons right well yeah Yeah. right reasons but like i didn't realize how much this was going to impact our marriage because willie was legit like he would he wouldn't go he wouldn't sleep and he would and he would come home with like when he would come home he'd come home maybe for like an hour two or three to sleep and I would want to like talk to him and I was home you know pregnant so it was like I didn't I wasn't with anybody we had moved away and so it's like there's literally this seclusion and with our already unhealthy skills we had no clue that that literally was going to be the demise of us right Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine being a drill instructor, like you have this very authoritative kind of persona you have to consistently have. And then when you go home, how do you like turn it off? Oh girl. Right? Yeah. He, there was a time I remember, oh my God, what did he say? He like said some line and, um, I can't even remember. It's was it like attention? No. Yeah, oh, no, girl. He would have had a chunkla. He would have had a chunkla being thrown at him. Hell no. No. <laughs> no. I remember. Do you understand? I remember him saying that, like, harshly. Do you understand? And I was like, oh, hell. I remember how this went. And this ain't going to go down the way it went down with my mom. Like, yeah. oh, hell no. Right? You're going to tell your daddy. He better know. Yeah, exactly. Do- oh, hell no. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, so I was. I remember there being that disconnect. Um, and yeah. there were other things that were happening in our marriage that, again, what we were familiar with, those roles mm-hmm. we were familiar with and taught wasn't serving our marriage. It wasn't serving it. That? Yeah. And, and so when did you guys, did you guys... The uh, realize that together, or was it something that you realized and communicated to him? How did that happen? Yeah, great question. So, um, none of us communicated it because we didn't know that that was what was wrong. Right, we, that's the thing. Like, and that's the trouble with most marriages, most relationships. You don't know what you don't know, and so yeah. for us, it's like, wait a minute, why aren't you loving me? Why aren't you allowing me to love you? Like, why? just be that's this way. One. Just you just have to be this way and I love you and everything will be okay. 
Right. But, you know, on the opposite end, it's like, well, if you were just this way, then I could love you and everything would be okay. You know, so we're both, we're both in this combative war zone, not even mm. knowing that our weapons are always drawn. Mm. Mm, always on the defense. Bingo. We had no clue. Oh. Again, like, yeah. you just take care of it. Like, that's just the way things are. So when you're looking at me saying, well, Veronica, this guy called me, you know, bitch. It's like, well, where's your yeah. dad? So he can go, you know, jack his ass up. Like, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, okay, well, there's ways to take care of it. Why are you telling me? You know what I mean? Like, where's your dad? You know, or, you know, well, let's go ahead and handle it or or whatever, you know, like, how, how are we going to do this? You mm-hmm. know, so you don't know what you don't know. And, and again, this is why, you know, and it's not only marriages, it's most relationships. This is why yeah. we, we stay on the defensive and we personalize everything. Everything. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the ego is very active, like all the Bingo. time. <laughs> yeah. like, Bingo. And then we feel like they should know what we've been through, and they we yeah. you know make excuses for why well, went through this in my childhood. So you should have sympathy, or like this is how you treat me. But nobody can read your mind, and they don't they don't get the manual from you know like the backpack of all the like the. What is it called? Luggage or like yeah, the pack yeah, your baggage. The baggage, yeah, baggage, the baggage that, yeah. that we all carry into our relationships because mm-hmm. we all have it. So, would you recommend like therapy? Obviously, that's a big one. Like going to couples therapy before, so you can kind of unpack all of these things together. I feel like sometimes we, and then sometimes too, I feel like we don't even know what we need to unpack, right? No. So certain relationships trigger certain things and it comes out and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know I had all of this um, yeah. stuff to, to work through. Bingo. So when you start to, when you start to feel that disconnection, mm-hmm. a lot of us are like, well, we're just in a bad place. We're Mm. just in a bad season. Things will be okay. The reality is, no, this right here, this right here is your red flag. If you've been looking for red flags, this right here is your red flag. And it's time for you to get help. Mm -hmm. And one of the primary Mm. reasons why it's time for you to get help is because you don't know how to take the next steps towards healing. What you've learned is not sufficient enough to withstand the storm that's about to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and although we're all, you know, we all can be stubborn at times, like it's fine. It's fine. Listen, I would not play Russian roulette with my marriage. I would not play Russian mm-hmm. roulette with any of my relationships. And yeah. I, if I find mm-hmm. that I am struggling to connect, if I find that, you know, maybe some of the signs are, you know, um, trying to control the relationship. You know, one of the primary reasons why we tro- try to control our relationship or the minute I partner says, damn, no matter what I do, it's never enough. If you're mm-hmm. hearing those things, no matter what I do, it's never enough. I wish you would desire me more. I wish we would connect more. You know, I wish we would be able to see eye to eye like that right there. The minute you're saying all of those things, that right there is saying, hey, What's happening right now isn't working. And so we have to recruit help. Otherwise, we are going to rely on time to go ahead and heal. And 
It's it's not. I see it's so not. many women, and this is part of the reason why you know outside of my practice, I started creating courses and mm-hmm. I'm hosting retreats and yes. workshops because I've noticed that this is a little bit of an ongoing pandemic for all of us. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know, and most of the time when we make a move, I don't want to say it's too late. But you better have a really good damn therapist that knows ex- that knows their craft because mm-hmm. you are now relying on that person to determine right. your life. And we don't want that. And mm. and that's really interesting. And it brings me to this question. Okay, so if um if we are married to someone who doesn't have doesn't share the same traumas or experiences that we yeah experience how do we inform them like what's the what's the language like how do we communicate that to them of course um so i remember willie and i um this is after we had done some work um but i remember there was a point where i i felt alone in our marriage and mm-hmm. again this is the beginning stages i felt so alone in the marriage and i remember it felt as if I was suffering silently. I didn't know what it was, but I knew the feeling. I knew that it, it it just didn't feel right. And I remember saying it out loud. And it was one of the most vulnerable states I had ever been. And again, this was this was unfamiliar. In my household, you were never vulnerable. In my household, you never cried. I mean, even when my dad died. I was not allowed to cry. Like crying is a sign of weakness, right? And yeah, it's just this is just the way it is. And um, and so I remember feeling this heaviness. And there was a part of me that didn't want to say it because again, now now you're putting yourself in his corner. Now he has gonna he's gonna have full control over you, and that's the last thing you want. You know, but it was like, I couldn't do this anymore. I knew I couldn't do this anymore. Not that I couldn't do the marriage anymore, but I couldn't feel this way anymore. Yeah. And so yeah. I I remember saying it out loud. And then if it, it, the craziest thing, Willie had never like hit me or anything, but it was kind of like I flinched, not like fear of him hitting me, but like mm-hmm. fear of how he was going to either react or respond to what I had just said. I'd never done this before. And so I remember mm-hmm. saying it and then him just looking at me and I'm like, well, shit, you know, why did I say that idiot? Why would you say that out loud? Now the ball's mm-hmm. in his corner. You know, now he has control over you because again, mm-hmm. that's what I grew up thinking. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember. It's that vulnerable. Yes. Vulnerability. Oh yeah. God, yes. And I remember, you know, him looking at me and him saying, because I had, what I had said to him was, you know, when you're mad at me, I feel like you stopped loving me. Mm. And, oh my God. and I remember him looking at me and we were like, I was literally washing dishes and he was like chopping up vegetables. And I remember him looking at me and saying, Veronica, just because we're mad at each other doesn't mean that I stopped loving you. <laughs> and I remember when he said that, there was a part of me that obviously wanted to believe him. But there was the other part of me that was like, there's no way in hell that this is real. Like, there's no way. There's there's no way this is real. There, I, he must want something. Like, he has to want something. Yeah. yeah. Transactional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then 
I remember saying, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. Like, I totally can't believe I'm saying this right now. Like, and I remember trying to convince myself, like, Veronica, shut up. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But I remember telling him, you're the one person that could hurt me the most. And it was one of those things that I kind of like said, like, you're the one person that could hurt me the most. Done. Shut up, Veronica. Shut up. Like, really quick. Like, just shut up. You know, because it was like, I liked what was happening. But then I also, it was scary. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he just held me. And I'm like, there was a part of me that wanted to fight him. Like, literally, like, punch him in the face. You know, and there was was a part of me that wanted to fight him. There was a part of me that just wanted to be held. There was a part Mm -hmm. of me that wanted to cry. There was a part of me that was like trying to suck it in, like suck it up, Veronica. We don't cry. You know, like stop being a little bitch. Like there was all of these feelings. And I remember like, holy shit, this feels good. I want more of this. I want more of this. And that right there is what I would definitely recommend for your listeners to do like if you're feeling just this overwhelming feeling say something I know you're scared I mean shit if anybody knows I definitely know you're scared I've I've been there and I'm here to tell you like there's so much healing when we're able to validate what we're experiencing in that moment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. verbalize it out loud yeah god yes and then give I it the that. air. Yeah. yeah give I, it a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I, I could just like see myself also being held because I, I resonate with what you're saying. Like I was, the t- I'm the type that, you know, avoid it. Is that what they call it? Like attachment mm-hmm. style, like avoid it, just disconnect, go do yep. my own thing. Um, but wow, the vulnerability that you just shared with us, I feel like we can all do a little bit more of that in our relationships. And this brings me to a question I had. So, yeah, what is your number one way to like overcome this? Like, is there a therapy modality that you recommend? I know there's so many out there now. There's like EMDR. Of course, there's talk therapy. But in your practice, have you noticed a a certain kind of modality or style that's been the most effective? Definitely. So the style that I've noticed that's been extremely effective is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. My favorite. Right. And one of the one of the reasons why I've noticed that that one has been so effective is because our thoughts, Mm. we are under the we are under the belief that they are a thousand percent true. Like it's a thousand Mm -hmm. percent true, you know, and unless we're shown how and why they're distorted. And if we have this this generational trauma where everybody thinks the same, everybody thinks the same. You know, no, like in my household, never depend on a man, never Mm, depend on a man. mm -hmm. That was like literally the statement. Like that Mm -hmm. was, you were a girl. That's exactly the conversation that was going to be had with you. Yes. Never ever depend on a man because he's going to cheat on you and he's going to leave you. Make so, sure you have something. Bingo. Hell yeah. Oh, goodness. I've heard it all. Yes. Right? Make sure you have your own checking account. And Miss is independent. Bingo. Make sure you have your own checking account. And if you don't have your own checking account, you know, have your own money stored away and just hide it. Hide yeah. it. And don't ever tell him. Mm-hmm. And so in my, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I need a lie. You know, I need to make sure I keep money away. And, mm-hmm. you know, my husband's going to cheat on me and my husband's going to leave me. That was like my mm-hmm. ongoing running theme. That was a thought. And so that thought was actually so predictive of my behavior. Yes. I'm not going to connect with him. 
I'm not going to open up with him. I'm going to store all of these emotions because he's going to cheat on me and he's going to leave me. How distorted uh, so, is that thought? Yeah, the right. thoughts create the feelings. Bingo. Yep. The feelings create the behavior. So it's like, okay. Mm. Well, he, the other missing component there, and that's where we throw in some DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Mm, I love that one. Recognizing the interaction between the thoughts, the emotions, and that physiological response, your body yes. sensation. Oh, yeah. Right? The fight or flight. Bingo. The so emotions. when yep. you have these thoughts, you know, when you have these thoughts, when you have these emotions and your body is reacting to these emotions, guess what we end up going into? We end up acting on our impulses and urges and we stay there. But when somebody teaches you, wait a minute, you're actually catastrophizing. Here's why you're yeah. catastrophizing. You're actually overgeneralizing. You're using always and never, you know, dichotomous thinking. Let's go ahead and break mm -hmm. that down. You know, what's happening for you in your body? Well, I don't know. No, let's go ahead and break it down. When you feel, when you feel resentment, where do you feel that? Well, I mean, mm. I guess my heart starts to race and I guess my stomach, you know, I start to feel nauseous and I feel tightness. Ah, okay. Mm. Now take me through where frustration feels. Where's, where's frustration in your body? But what those two modalities, you start to develop an understanding of how you are reacting to the world instead of responding. Mm, and now wow. you have a clear understanding of, wait a minute, although I've had these thoughts, there's no proof. There's no true proof that these are facts. They're distorted thinking. And here's why. And now I could break it down. I don't have to rely on a therapist, but now I could totally break it down because I have these skills and I now understand how I react and how now I can change that and challenge this thought so that I can respond. Wow, I love that. Res oh my gosh, that was not reacting, powerful. responding. Yeah. Right? That. I'm writing these down. Immediately, <laughs> you guys taking notes. DBT. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, it, it is such a powerful skill. And yeah. I wish they would teach this to all of our kids. God, yeah, I agree. they would teach these more kids, right? How to self-regulate, yes. how to, yes. how to come. Because that is really the key, mm -hmm. right? Self-regulating. Yeah, yeah. How to self-regulate, how to communicate effectively mm -hmm. what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh that social God. emotional component. Mm -hmm. um, as schools are beginning to um, incorporate that a lot more. Yeah. I, I, I would finally. say that, but yeah, finally, it's like, okay, this is like, this is the core of it all. Yes. Really. It's like, never mind what grades are we getting in math and science yeah. and how great we can be in all those things, but how great can we be in soothing ourselves and mm -hmm. self-regulating? And like you said, communicating effectively. Communicating. Yeah. So, oh yes. Wow, this is this is a lot. Like, I just, I like it's so jam packed, and it's like you know, it's something that you really have to sit down and 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 really chew on all of mm -hmm. this information, which is beautiful. It's a lot of great information, and I do hope that people really um, chew on it. It's very valuable, yeah. and thank you for doing this work. Yeah, um, we do want to wrap this up by asking this one final question. What is your secret to a lasting, loving, happy marriage? <laughs> a million dollar question. 
Be the best of friends. I can answer that so quickly. Be the best of friends. Be the absolute best of friends. Your best friends you support. Your best friends. If they come up to you and give you this crazy ass idea of like what their plans are to rule the world, you're like, girl, your car or mine. (laughs) Like straight up. Like your car or mine. You're not talking them out of it. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. We'll figure out the plan as we're on the road, but let's go, right? Like right away, you're just like, you're just as excited as they are. What I oh, find, man. right? What mm-hmm. I find with couples, especially married couples, they allow their fears to go ahead and then become their partner's fears. They yeah. now yep. fears on them. Yep. And and don't get me wrong. I totally get why. I mean, you know, finances, you know, you guys are sharing finances. You guys got kids, all of the things. But honestly, I want you guys to take a look at your marriages and think about when's the last time you actually had a deep conversation with your partner? Like, you know, one of the questions, Willie, you know, one of the last um, conversations we had, and it was like a deep one, you know, I, I remember asking him, what would you say is holding me back? from pursuing my dreams. And mm. I remember him looking no. at me and we were, we were hiking and it was on a cliff and he started mentioning some of the things that, yeah, hell yeah, they're holding me, you know, some of my fears. And as he's opening up and communicating and, and, and saying my fears, my insecurities out loud, girl, I was like, that cliff looks pretty nice for me to accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened to Lily? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what happened to Lily. We're going to hike. I was there. He was there. And then he just didn't make it back. So it was like, a but you know what? I love those honest answers yes. because that's why yes. we ask them Bingo. of those people, you know, because you're like, I know he's going to be honest with yes. me and I'm ready for it. Bingo. That's yes. how I am with my partner. It's mm-hmm. like, when I'm ready to hear it, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm ready for the question because I know I'm ready for the answer because he's like that. He will mm-hmm. give it to me. How it on. <laughs> right? right? And I'm like, but I love it because I'm like, thank you. This is why. Because I feel like people like that, they have your best interest at heart, yep. right? Of they course. have your back. Yep. They're not trying to like, oh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. You have time. You can know. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. So the real, the real, the real, real deal. Yeah, the real deal. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You, that's Absolutely. and that's a friendship, right? That's that bingo. That's a friendship. Yeah. So. That is such. That is that is key to mm-hmm. building up that strong friendship. Yes. Wow. I feel so <laughs> full, and I feel. Um, this is so life-giving, honestly. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. It really is. And thank you again for your time. And please do tell us and our listeners where we can stay in touch with you. Um, it's Absolutely. so fun. Follow, it's so fun following you on Instagram, honestly. <laughs> it's yes. a blast. Your energy is like crazy. It's like so... Um, I know you, you light everybody up. Yeah, You're you like have this light about you. Spark. It's like it, it's like when I look at you, I'm like, wow, she completely embodies this work that she does. Mm-hmm. And like, it. who else can do it? You know? And, and mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for your work. So um, do tell us. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So you guys can follow me on Instagram, on social media. Hey, Veronica Cisneros. Um, Mm -hmm. I do actually have a freebie for you guys. It's called the marriage predictor and it's a free quiz. 
I'm Ooh. just trying to see where your where your relationship is at right now. You don't have to be married to take it. Um, but you guys can access that free quiz by going to veronicacisneros.org forward slash quiz. Again, veronicacisneros.org forward slash quiz. I also have a podcast, Empowered and Unapologetic. You guys can definitely listen to me there. Oh my gosh. Her last, your latest episode was all about, um, it it was about marriage. Like I didn't get to listen to the whole thing yet. I'm going to listen to it today, but it was about how to, what was, can you tell us the title? It was definitely how to um, get your partner. I'm I'm like forgetting the title myself. It's how to get your husband more involved in fixing your marriage. There you go. Yeah. And it's an episode with Willie and I. Yeah. We're both on there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, and that's oh, I great. Have... He, like it's great to bring a man into the conversation because obviously that makes a total sense. I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Wesley listen to it with me yeah, too. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna tune in for sure. Definitely. So you heard it. That's where we can stay in touch. This has been an awesome conversation and a great start to my day. Lucy and Hall, thank you guys so very much for allowing me to be on your podcast, for listening to my story, from just providing this environment of learning and just growing, growing together. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of societies out there for us to really really become empowered and unapologetic and so to be uplifted by other women, it was truly a blessing. Let's be honest, we can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. Five things that are killing your marriage tips from a therapist. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. Ladies, this guide is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for couples. I am on a mission to help you and your partner experience stress-free living. With this free guide, we are setting our marriages up for success. But it starts with you. You will find this free guide here in the show notes or go to www.veronicacisneros.org. The information I will be providing you is next level. And people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Hey there. This is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision 
of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen. And I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictivemind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.